What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. This episode of the Fatherhood's Podcast is brought to you by Fly Dad, where fatherhood stays fly. Check us out at flydadgear.com. Yo, yo. All right. What's good? Can we just jump right in? Because I have a... Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so my son... I've mentioned this before, but my son has a really tough time prioritizing his responsibilities over fun. He's eight years old. So you don't say. Right, right. He's eight years old. I understand all that. Like the age is a factor, a big factor. He's a boy. Maturity compared to my girls is less, right? So all that. But yesterday, and it's just like this is like a daily occurrence, right? So his his where he lacks the most as far as completing these priorities is doing to cleaning the kitchen counters every night. This is his job. Right. And I've told him countless times, like, yo, as soon as you get home from school, bang out your homework, have a snack, bang out the counters and then, and then put away the dishes from you know the dishwasher. And then the rest of the afternoon and evening is free. You could play all night. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to get on your case. But he he might do it for one day, and then he reverts right back to focusing on play, right? And then because they don't have a sense yet, a good sense of what time is, he's always, like, waiting to the last minute. And literally sometimes he'll have, like, 10 minutes left before he has to go take a bath and ready to go to sleep. And he's in his head, he's like, yo, why are you stressing, Dad? Like, I got this. Meanwhile, it takes him... 30 45 minutes to complete the kitchen. So I'm constantly I'm I'm practicing patience like a motherfucker because I understand what stage of life he's in. But I'm also like I'm frustrated with myself because I have not yet been able to get him to be consistent about this. Nowhere near how I've been able to get my daughters to be that way. Mm. So fatherhoods, suggestions, thoughts, how would you handle the situation? Actually, I'm in the same boat as you. Fuck. So we can't help I, each other. And I, I don't really, and, and, you know, I don't have girls, so I don't have, can't compare it to if it's a, you know, son versus daughter type scenario. But it's, I mean, my son is nine and it's the same kind of thing. It's like, we try to set up these chores or whatever you want to call them, the things that you're supposed to do. But then the consistency portion of it is always fades away. And I think in my mind, that's probably one of the most important things for a kid to learn is just the value of consistency. And I mean, we had a combo with him last night because he came home and he did a lot of stuff to do after school, like after school stuff. And he's like, all right, I knocked out my homework. And, and we're at the point now where we don't necessarily want to have to check his homework every single night we just, like we want him to have the integrity and the you know and just the drive to want to do this right on his own 
get it done and then move on to the next and, you know, have some fun, that kind of thing. But it's not working out like that. You know? So, yeah, we had this conversation with him last night. It's like, okay, you know, if you would just spend a couple extra minutes just reviewing your work, catch the mistakes, do what needs to be done instead of when we pull out your homework or mom pulls out your homework, you get all nervous because then you realize, damn, I didn't finish everything or I didn't because you're because you're already on to the next. Right. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, I've did the homework. Now I can go play Roblox or I can go do this or whatever. And then it just turned into this conversation of like. We like you to have fun, but oh, by the way, here's some of the other things that we've asked you to do for to help the house that you haven't been doing consistently. So now we got to get back on that train again of like. So I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just a consi- I guess it's maybe consistency on our end as well. Like we're trying to teach them consistency, but I guess it's the consistency from the parents to be a pain in the ass on regulating what they need to be consistent about. That's so that's something that I'm doing now is just looking at myself and ourselves as the example, right? Because you go back to like, say what I, you know, do what I say, not do what I do. But if I'm acting in a way that's not in compliance with the things that I'm preaching, right? That could be a very easy reason why he's not moving in that direction either. So, like, yeah, I, I mean, but we're pretty, we're, we're consistent, like myself, I'm pretty consistent in the things that I do around the house or for myself, that kind of thing. But I'm probably being inconsistent with the message I'm giving him or mm. we're giving him as his parents of like, okay, when you get home from school, take your lunch bag out of your bag and put it in the kitchen, do X, Y, and Z. And maybe he does it for a couple of days and then he forgets about doing it. And then it's on to the next. And then if we don't say anything about it, then we're being inconsistent. We're not enforcing the rules right but it's a pain in the ass to enforce the rules all the time that's the thing it's just like ah man really i mean the whole point the whole point is really at the end of the day to get them to be self-sufficient in doing these things yeah exactly so it's counterintuitive almost at some point where you're just like all right i gotta remind you that's my job now to make sure you do your shit no motherfucker like you go do your shit and then if i catch you slipping then we're gonna have to talk about it so i don't know like i you know just hit me right now i'm like is is it incentivization like do i have to give him give them all like for their chores some sort of like reward monetary benefit some kind of shit then how do you manage that shit isn't that counterproductive it could be could it be that we're we're kids are generally like the, the generations that keep coming more and more adhd or add you're saying that that being because they need huh? the prize in order to do something where it's as opposed to them just being able to do something because that's it's just right what's thing. needed to get them to focus. But I'm saying like, I, I feel like, you know, more and more when we were younger, you know, cause we're old men now, the, you know, ADD was like a random thing that someone, you know, was had and they were like, Oh shit, they have yeah. ADD. Oh man. Yeah. And they got to take maybe some pill or some shit. And you're like, Oh man, this guy's in the short bus. Um, now it's like common, you know, like it's so common. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I have it too. Like we all have it. Like, see, so I, I'm just, I, I look at, no, and not to go on a different path here, but I, yes, I think that is a contributing factor. And I, so that's why I go back to like my own patience. Right. Cause it's like the expectation might be too, too much. 
for him to handle because of what you just said. So we have to micro make it more micro task oriented, right? So that it's easier for him to process and execute on. But separately, the ADHD thing, yo, I, I think it's just been more quickly or more the quantity of of people being diagnosed with it has increased. I think people <laughs> for a Always long time, it. yeah. Right. It just wasn't diagnosed that way. Well, we have to also say that there has to be modern reasons as to why more and more people have it, you know, devices, uh, social it, media, yeah. you know, the whole, you know, quick gratification stuff. Like, I think that's contributing to children having it and even adults developing it if they didn't already have it. Yeah, I agree. I, don't know. I think you're right. So, the zombie scroll. <laughs> yeah, Doctor EFN has done it again. No, but I mean we know. It. Like I'm, and I'm just saying this in anticipation of my daughter being. Uh, right now, I, I say everything with my kids is they're too young, they're too young, they're too young. But I'm noticing my daughter has a hard time concentrating on things. But she's three and a half. But how long am I going to keep saying because she's this age? Right. Well, you know what I mean. Like talking about that. It's, uh, I think we may have talked about this a year or two ago, but I mean, just on like your daughter having a hard time concentrating on things. We started noticing, like, especially when my son was around your daughter's age and he wanted to be on YouTube and start looking through YouTube a lot. And we noticed that he wasn't watching everything all the way fully. It was oh. just watch a few minutes, then mm-hmm. on to the next. And then we noticed he was doing that and then it seemed like it was causing him to do that to everything for everything else so then we put a stop to the youtube because we saw uh, we could put we can put two and two together like damn all right he's he's intuitively using this device and and using it to just do quick gratification and just keep going on to the next and he's, he's not having an attention span so we we stopped the youtube stuff um, and it seemed to have a, it seemed to help him kind of refocus and be able to have a longer focus period when we killed that. But is it even realistic to stop it? Like, I don't know, man. Like, that's where I start to feel like I'm a terrible parent because we my daughter's definitely like on that, you know, or not even not even you have to fully stop. But it's almost more of like policing, like, OK, you're going to watch it then. Finish it. You're gonna watch that. You, yeah, you're gonna watch it all the way through, or not watch it at all. Type stuff, you know. Right. Which is easier said than done. Yeah, because the the quick slide of finger, ping ping, and you know, and then, and then then the fight that happens if you're like, no, 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 you have to actually watch this other video. I mean, I, granted, she, I'm not, I don't think she necessarily has that problem so much, but I could tell that she definitely is into controlling what she watches and picking things, yeah. and and she'll scroll through quickly through things that don't interest her to find the one that will lock her in. And then what I'm noticing is now the baby, my son, he's now, because he sees her, he sees us with phones. He definitely like the phone. He, he, he goes to it. He turns it on. He hands it to us. Now he, when we give her the phone to look at YouTube, if we're out and about, then now he wants one too. And he wants to look through it as well. He wants to look at YouTube. And that's where I start to feel like, damn, you know, parent failure all the way. Because now the, the little one is starting even younger. So, it's a tricky, it's tricky. 
and it's what keeps them calm. So it's like when, when my daughter, who's still going through her craziness with us, her three nager going on to four nager, <laughs> um, when you know once they start going through that cycle where one starts wilding out and then the other one wilds out, it's like this is the the one thing that keeps them calm. Yeah, it's I, I don't, I've I've re, I've just gotten to the point mentally where it's an impossibility to try to stop them or or restrain them too much. So now my mindset is around how do I almost like partner with them to try to make the experiences as positive as I can, right? Because you're fighting a, an impossible battle, I feel like, to go – you're playing too much de- defense. Like you got to play a little bit of offense with them and help them navigate these things because this is their entire world now. Like my eldest, she's she's going to be 15, and this TikTok thing, yo, her – I can tell how anxious she is like year over year. It's getting worse. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what we're, what I'm doing is kind of like, not really like telling her you're fucking up in life because of this, but more like, yo, pay attention. Look, you, you see your leg, your leg is twitching. She says, no, it's not. And then she'll look down and she's like, yo, oh shit. And like having her kind of realize it herself that these things don't seem right. That are, that she's, you know, projecting from the use of these things and try to help her draw her own connections to some of the things that she's, I won't quite call it suffering from, but being affected by the use of, you know, TikTok as an example. What, what's interesting though is, so she was like what you just described your son to BK with respect to the attention deficit. So like watch a clip here, you go to Netflix and you're only watching like the first 15 minutes or fast forwarding it through the whole thing and all this shit, right? She's gone back to being able to watch full things. So before it was very much that behavior and now she'll sit down and she'll watch a full length movie or the full video that might be five minutes long. So I guess what I'm saying is there's hope, <laughs> um, right. but it's, it's, I think it might be a stage. Yeah. Can I say something really quick that you just reminded me of, um, which is kind of a PSA to anybody listening and for ourselves as well. So I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show yet, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, and I won't mention any names, some friends of mine, they, they ended up taking their daughter. The, the school notified them that they felt their daughter was having some, uh, like a mental breakdown. Mm. and potentially um would hurt herself mm. damn this is a i believe the girl is maybe 15 14 15 something like that 15 i think and then he t- what he did him and his wife they took the daughter to the hospital and they um they had her i guess committed is the word yeah like they had it committed yeah yep. um baker acting you know so they had her committed uh to make sure you know that she would get the attention she needed and 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 whatever so that was one situation then um another friend which is cool with the friend that i just spoke of all of a sudden i hadn't i hadn't seen them around comes back and says yeah um my daughter they don't even know each other these two kids my daughter 
we found we found her we discovered that she was um taking like a nail to her arm like cutting herself basically Damn. and she's about similar age like 14 13 14 and they took her and in their instance not to get into the details but she ended up getting baker acted as well but they had a whole different experience because the other parents they did it yeah um like they're the ones that did it where versus where they took this this situation the hospital did it got it which changed the dynamic of the control that the parents had and being involved in the situation so that happened then i'm hearing from across the coast where by where k's at where my family's at that my my godson is having panic attacks really right <sighs> and he's like i don't know what like 11 12 something like yeah. 13 um and so then all i'm hearing all these things and i'm like man what's going on here and bef- and, and then it made me remember prior to all of that and i'm sorry for being long-winded about this but Prior to all of that, I had a, a person working on the AC in my home, and I had, and for whatever reason, they 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 confided and told me a story that the guy's uh, daughter was in college in Texas, and I think I did mention this on the show, but all of this reminded me of that and committed suicide. This was early in the pandemic. <sighs> you know, girl that was in college doing, they said they had no signs of anything, but was under quarantine at the time, and then for whatever reason, committed suicide. So then now I'm watching the news and I'm seeing different things. And I've seen this now mentioned a couple of times. They're saying that more specifically girls are having the issue more than boys where their uh, self-mutilation, suicide rates have gone up, you know, clinical depression, all that stuff. Um, and you just reminded me because you mentioned the TikTok and her being like, you know, it's, you notice some physical like nervous traits or whatever. Right. And I just feel like, man, this is, this is kind of scary. Like, what is it that's, is it just a pandemic? Is it quarantine? Is it social media? Well, then if you watch like, you know, the, the social dilemma and all these things, it'll, it'll explain to you about how all this contributes towards it. But, but man, it, it only, it makes parenting, which is already tough, even seem even scarier and tougher, you know? So I think, damn. All right. We've got, we've got about five minutes left. Cause I know you got a hard stop. Yeah. We, maybe we, pause on that one and unpack that next episode yeah, maybe we yeah. should do a little our own because I, I know Research. there's a bunch of yeah there's a bunch of yeah. different i read some stuff about it as well um so maybe we should circle back on that one because that's a that's a longer conversation for sure for sure um i wanted to just we, we had a listener write in uh a guy jordan who's currently raising a young son and uh so shout out to him but he wanted to ask us since we all have sons what our most memorable moment is so far with raising specifically a son so just wanted to get that in before we jump out of here who wants to who wants to roll manny how about you start yeah i'll I'll give it a crack um so like i said my son is eight and the, the yeah i mean there's so many to choose from but really, I think the one that sticks out the most is is actually a little bit more recent. So I'd say maybe when he was like six till now, the love that I see. So typically for a dad, it's like the daughter shows you the most love, right? And my youngest daughter is probably trending in that direction, but she's not there yet. My son, however, has really been going out of his way to try to bond with me. 
And it was a great remind. It kind of got me out of my routine at, you know, age six to be able to like actually pick up on that and then participate in that. Right. And so nurturing that I think has been the most special thing in my relationship with him because it has, I mean, like the most endearing forms of affection come from him. Right. Like the hugging, like he'll randomly just come to me and be like, dad, I love you. Like all these little things that really touch you. I've been able to experience with him, you know, as of the last couple of years. Um, and that continues to go, you know, continues to happen. So I'd say that to me is the biggest one. Obviously I don't, sorry, Katie. I don't know if you no, no, you go ahead. But I, you know, my son's only a year and a half, so there's not really much I could say on this, but it's funny. Cause I just brought this up with, with my girl the other day, the dynamic of my daughter my and my daughter's relationship you know i'm starting to notice there's a different dynamic with him and you know and now we're you know like we're bonding more than when we have because before you know it's just the nurturing of a, of a, of a baby of a newborn and then baby and all that and now you know he's he's a little bit more active so i feel like you know this is my little man's you know like like we have that that you know father son like you know a little rough play and, and i don't know it's just a whole different dynamic which is really, really special because I, up to that point, I was just used to really girls because I had goddaughters and then I have my daughter and that's all I kind of really knew. And then, and then now, you know, I just, it feels different and it's cool to have like both sides of it. Yeah. I mean, well, I was going to kind of go where you went, Manny, uh, <laughs> with the, with the affection part of it, because that was, that was super surprising to me, just, you know, the amount of that, sharing of affection between a father and a son um but i but i'll i'll flip mine and you know my son is nine and what's memorable right now is just his interest and love of music and kind of digging through the crates with things and just being able to um you know sit down with him and and share his enthusiasm for like tribe call quest for example you know just being able to help him create a playlist and explain what some of the lyrics are and seeing him get excited about you know the different beats on the different albums and which album sounds better and That's um you know just just kind of seeing him get into that and and sharing that that similar excitement uh is very cool so that's dope. Well, Jordan, thank you for the question, man. Uh, it, it almost brought a tear to my eye. So shit. <laughs> That's what we do here. Don't at cry, Manny. Don't cry. <laughs> Don't cry. All right, y'all. Be easy. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. 